is the e-commerce coffee break the podcast dedicated to shopify store owners who want to optimize their business for maximum conversions and revenue each week you're going to get actionable advice and hear from special guests talking about various topics on how to run a profitable business on shopify learn how to survive in the fast-changing e-commerce world with your host klaus lauter and get e-commerce insights you can't google welcome to the show Hello and welcome to another episode of the e-commerce coffee break. Today we want to talk about sourcing. So if you're running your Shopify store or your online store and you have your own products, then you're obviously looking for manufacturers and you're looking for places where you can get the right product for the right price and find the best manufacturer for it. So how do you do this best? Now, obviously you can go and search for yourself, but there's better ways. Today, I want to talk with Sebastian Herz. He's the founder of Signify Product Sourcing at Signify.net about global product sourcing and how to find the right manufacturer for your products. Sebastian has spent 12 years in industrial automation. He lived six years in Asia. He started his own e-commerce businesses in 2014, traveled nine months back through Southeast Asia, and I found this very interesting, rode his motorcycle from Singapore to Germany in 242 days. Nowadays, he owns two brands selling on Amazon, Shopify, and big box retail businesses in Germany. And Signify has sourced more than 300 products by now mostly for e-commerce businesses and grew in 18 months to almost 50 people. So let's say hello to Sebastian. Sebastian, how are you today? Hey, Klaus. Very, very good morning. And thank you very much for having us. I'm feeling very happy. I got myself the coffee, so I'm ready to have, of course, a chat with you. So I have the same, of course, for you. Coffee is always important. Sebastian, give me a bit of a more in-depth background. What got you into sourcing? What got you into e-commerce? Yeah. Well, originally back then, I'm an electrical engineer by a university degree with a depth in industrial automation. And I, I'm such a person, you know, who can never sit still. Even when I was back then still in Germany, later on in China and in Singapore, I always had kind of side businesses running or building up something in uh, on the side. And when we used to live in China, as very easy as that, my better half, my wife came to me and uh, said, Sebastian, Sebastian, listen to this podcast. And it was back then in 2014, because she knew I always wanted to start something. And I mean, we were sitting right at the source back then in China for sourcing uh, great products. And it showed me, explained to me, it was Scott Volker back then, the amazing seller podcast or amazing selling machine, either one of those. Um, and it showed me how I can produce products and uh, well, put them up on Amazon and start selling there. This is pretty much how we got uh, into starting our own brands. But my better half, she's been doing sourcing for 17 years already back then doing the sourcing for the biggest Russian hardware stores, doing the sourcing for the real Nike, Adidas, Converse, and Chanel shoes. And um, then later it swapped over. She took on my sourcing, the sourcing for my products. And now we're spreading kind of word of mouth to more and more Shopify sellers, Amazon sellers, also medium to large enterprises, Fortune 500 companies. And I, I I don't really like to correct things but let's add another zero we sourced more than three thousand products already maybe i've missed to write this down in the email earlier before sorry for that okay so obviously sourcing what are the advantages for a shopify seller for an amazon seller in um, outsourcing the sourcing to someone else i mean first of all we do suggest everybody who's starting out with building a shop with building a business go through the sourcing do it yourself learn it see how much effort it is 
Um, and now there are then two different ways, whether you say sourcing from China, which is most of, most most obviously, of course, the standard way, but it's switching more and more away to more of local production means if you're, for example, selling in Europe, sourcing in Europe, or if you're selling in the US, sourcing outside China for one reason of the Trump tariffs, up to 25% import tax as penalty from uh, products from China. The advantage comes when you start realizing it's like, hey, I've, I've gone through the sourcing. I know how it works. I know how much effort it is, but to be honest, this is not where you, you know, where you grow your business. When you understand, you say, my time is better spent in marketing and sales and building my business and ads and all of those, then you may think it's like, all right, understood the sourcing. I know how much effort it is. Now you may give it out to somebody else who does this on daily business. It saves you time. It probably gets you even better prices. And it can also, of course, update your current purchasing prices. And depending on how large you are, we have customers who save millions of dollars by us simply finding well, new suppliers, better suppliers who offer cheaper prices. So what kind of criteria and criteria do you work by to make the sourcing as effective as possible? And first of all, we're doing sourcing only for tangible products, means the ones that you can touch. We're not building apps. We're not doing Kindle, ebooks, or anything like this. So it would be advantageous if you say you do have a product that you can touch. You want to sell over an, an Amazon store and a Shopify store, which is not just a, a digital download. Now, a few of the advantages or a few of the criteria are, is that for, for once, when it comes to the sourcing, contact as many suppliers as possible in order to get as many proposals as possible to have a full market overview about what are the real prices. And um, when it comes to the product itself, to be honest, there shouldn't be or there, there aren't much of criteria to fulfill. As long as it's touchable, as long as it's tangible, as long as the products are legal, you can sell them, of course, in your country. You make sure you get the certifications or get the certifications with us and partners and so on and so on. Just make sure that you have the right expectation on the sourcing prices and the land at cost. When sourcing in China, for example, be aware that currently the containers are still somewhere around $12,000, $13,000 per container. Of course, if you go lower, you don't need that much, but also air shipping and stuff is more expensive. You may have production delay times. You may also not, of course, have the, the shipping delays. Um, and when it comes to more local production, you may have higher prices in the production, but much, much less in terms of shipping and import costs. So if you head out with Signify and look for a supplier, how do you evaluate a supplier for your clients? If you give us, of course, the product to find, whether it's your competitor's product with a link, we head out. If sourcing in China, we target to find about 30 potential suppliers. If sourcing outside of China, we target to get about 60 potential suppliers and make sure that we get the proposals. If we leave the products away and are just looking, for example, at the supplier, we're, of course, looking, are they a legit business? Means, are they a registered business? Are they a trading company? If they're a trading company, we kick them out directly. We don't need any trading companies in between because our target is to source the products the same way as they would become our own products. And I think here comes in the advantage of us having our own product business for more than, what, eight years by now or about eight years. 
trading companies are just moving boxes. Trading companies are not really open to discuss changes within the supplier in order to make adjustments to the product. It's all of additional effort for them. No trading companies, they make a margin on top of 20, 60, 80, 100%. We're looking, if they're in China, for example, do they have the export license? Can we see that they have any troubles financially? Are they being sued or the management, for example, being sued in any, in, in any whatever lawsuits at the moment? How open are they for OEM? How open for, are they for ODM? It means original equipment manufacturer. Can they white label ODM? Can you bring your own complete designs, drawings, and so on to make your really your products? How open are they in the communication? How easy is it to communicate with them? How willing are they to do changes? And so on and so on. So those are all some effects or, or impacts, of course, they will have on selecting which of the suppliers may be the right ones for building a business. Have they produced this product before? How long are they on the market? Are they, um, do they have good or bad reviews? Have they done this very product before? Or are they able to show that they will be able to produce this product, actually? And then it depends on wherever you want to source it from, whether they are located in China, whether they are in Europe. Us as Germans, for example, you would say, hey, that's a German producer, that's a German company. Doesn't necessarily mean that they're also producing in Germany. Also, all of those things you should consider when you're doing sourcing yourself or have a sourcing company doing that for you. Okay. I think a lot of uh, specifically shop, Shopify store owners go through a process and I did that with my own store. So basically, a lot of them start with drop shipping. So they source a product that's already there, get the product as it is. Then they start with white labeling, white labeling, you mentioned that, and then they go into product development and create their own product over time. How far in the process do you help with that? Is the part of um, product sourcing or prototyping also part of your service or is that then separate? Yeah, to be honest, it's pretty much the majority of our customers. We have a lot of e-commerces as well, um, but mostly they're in a state where they're already saying, hey, I'm not doing dropshipping anymore. I want to build my own brand. Um, comes from the background that we are mostly Amazon sellers. Um, I mean, of course, it's a lot easier to sell on Amazon. Try to get the same traffic into your store. That takes a lot more work. but Pretty much all of our customers, when they're selling on Amazon, they're all trying to build their own brands. And by now, we've been sourcing for more than 2,000 customers, roughly more than 3,000 products. So it's a very, very standard for us to say, all right, we're going in with any of the products and we're trying to get from the suppliers the way that we can produce them with your own brand. Now, when it comes to all the changes, and this is always, I mean, for Amazon sellers, this is like in their blood already to say, we're reading the reviews of our competitor. And we're finding out where the weak points, of course, of the product are and where the good points are. And all of those weak points, of course, we're trying to adjust and make the product just simply better. Not only design changes, not only color changes, but of course, make the product better. And this for us is, is, is very, very standard to say we're going to every supplier and saying, this is the product we want to have, but we want this change, this change, this change. And then see, of course, how the supplier reacts. We are not product designers. We're not product developers, but of course we can help with them because those are, I mean, just some changes you want to have are very, very often absolute standards. What I mean about real product deep development is if it comes to hardcore 3D CAD designs, we may or may not, the easy ones, of course, we can do make a, make a mechanical drawing. We've done that before as well. It also doesn't take that much, but when it comes to real deep Product development, we have partners on the side, or you may know somebody else to say, hey, we'll, we'll need the whole mechanical engineering in this part or even electrical engineering, but that can all be done with partners. There are tons and tons out there, of course, in the market. 
with the experience that you have with Signify and being in Asia for a long time, um, something that a lot of people might be surprised when they started with that is that a lot of things go lost in translation. So is that something <laughs> where you basically are the middleman and try to talk to both sides um, to make the process work? Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, <laughs> it's true. I mean, if you live in Asia and you are lucky enough to learn the language, I mean, to be honest, I speak Chinese to a level that I can survive. I never really needed it in my three years in China, but my partner, my better half, she speaks fluently. But at the same time, if you speak very good English, this actually could often be quite good enough. At the same time, our team now consisting of almost 50 employees, and by the way, all female, I'm the only man in the company we just developed because we know this women are just so much better at sourcing they, they they stick so much more to the topic they they go deeper they're more patient they can handle the big they can be persistent on the suppliers because sometimes you need to contact them very often um, and now i think we have somewhere around 15 16 uh, ladies sitting in china um, and the rest of our team sits all over the world so we're speaking more than 20 languages um, and that of course helps you in the country wherever you want to source If you speak the language, you first of all, you're being perceived more of like you're one of them. So they're more willing to give you, of course, an offer in first place, but also it helps in negotiating. Plus, of course, it does help a lot to get the real specifics in there. But whenever it comes to contracts, well, I still make sure that the contracts, of course, are written in English so that you also have something to prove and um, not to get too close. But I bet the majority of you doesn't speak or neither, you know, read and write Chinese. So, of course, the contracts will be based in English so that everybody can say this was part of the contract. It needs to be done. No, actually, quite right. That was something I wanted to touch on is the legal advice. And obviously, with your background, you're helping with that as well. So I see um, Signify helps a lot from A to Z. If somebody is interested in that, how long does the process from contacting you through getting the first offers from sourcing companies, how long does that usually take? Two ways. Pure working time that we use and the real time it will take because of course you can work as much as you want to, but it takes the, the suppliers to respond. So going to, into China, for example, as I assume the majority is still producing in China, finding, researching about 30 potential suppliers for the product, if possible. Some products may not offer that because they're so specific. There are not many, that many manufacturers, but on average, it's, it's quite likely. Getting the proposals in, studying the proposals, going through of them, going into a big list, listing all of the supplier names, contact data, and the criteria why we suggest which one to go with so that we come out with two, three, maybe four suppliers where we suggest let's go get samples from them. In China, this actually only takes about 15 to 20 hours, roughly, when it comes to an average standard product. So that's really, really fast, actually. And in time, on the other hand, this would mean it depends, uh, let's say, two weeks, three weeks, maybe four weeks when it comes to China. When it comes to outside of China, means Europe, uh, the US or other Asian countries, we target to hit about 60 potential suppliers, get as many proposals as possible, go, go through the same process, of course, and put in then two, three, four suppliers where we suggest to get samples from. This outside of China usually takes about 30 to 40 hours. 
or in total length of responses by the suppliers, three weeks, four weeks, maybe five weeks. Important, of course, once you have the samples, you may still, of course, you will need to do the mass production. You need to do quality, quality inspection again after the mass production, preparing all the logistics, preparing all of the import preparation, finding a logistics partner who ships as quickly and as cheap as possible, whether sea, rail, air or land. Of course, we help with all of those things as well in developing the next products, finding the next products, taking pictures the, with a the white background. This is additional, of course, all the things that we can do, but this adds then on, on specific or an additional hours. If an e-commerce merchant now is interested and wants to do that, what kind of homework do they have to do before they approach you? <laughs> That's a very good question. It's, it really helps if you know what you want to produce and what you want to sell. <laughs> we have some customers that come to us, oh, I want to do jewelry, but I don't really know what kind of jewelry. Or I want to do whatever animal pet category as accessories, but I don't really know what. That, of course, makes the process a little bit longer because you can't find any producer, but then you still need to look through the products and say, well, which one fits now? Is this one good or that one good? So what really helps, of course, is um, to do a bit of market research. I mean, if you have a hobby, whether you're a motorbiker or you love to play uh, with, with pets or you do home decor. I mean, as a first business, I very often say my first business was also mostly built on, you know, excitement and what is your hobby? Where do you really get your feelings up? It helps. And this way you also get as closely as possible to the products that you want to source. So it helps if you, for example, have also done a market research means there are tools, let's say, specifically for Amazon, for for Helium 10. If you need accesses to this, I also have some codes and whatever price reduction. You can analyze the market and see how much revenue does this niche bring per month? And how are the competitors set up? Can I make this product actually even better? So having a market research and a clear understanding of what kind of product you want to produce, maybe with a link from the competitor product, this would be an optimal start. If you uh, are more vague and you don't really yet know what it is, we can do that as well, but it will be longer. Not a question. We need to, of course, get you focused on what do you want? <laughs> well, I would suggest um, you rather have an idea what your business should be about than coming with a blank page to you. Obviously, um, Signify.net is not for free. How do you charge your clients? I think this comes in where it's a little bit of a special for us. Our target is to do 100% transparency means we will not keep back any contact data of any suppliers, which you may see. I'm, I'm not a person who finger points at other companies. I do believe if there's a company out there that does sourcing for several years and is still in the market, they have a reason to exist. They're probably sure good as well. Not a question. For me, as, a, as I'm a seller and brand owner myself, I wanted or we, my wife and myself, wanted to build up the business as we would expect it to be. And that means... I want to get all the contact data of all of the suppliers and not keep any of them back in the secret. A question, why, why am I going into the topic right now? You're asking about prices, but I'm going into the topic of contact data. Well, for the very simple thing is, if you do not have the contact data of your real supplier, then you're being forced in the future to do the sourcing through the sourcing company again, if you want to do the additional orders or the next bigger order. Make sure you get all of the contact data of any supplier so that you can contact them at any time and take over on your own. This leads to the second point. I would never be a fan of making a percentage on the order volume. 
So the reason for this is if you place an order for $50,000 or $5,000 or whatever else it is for the first orders, let's, give, let's go for 20,000 even or 30,000, you may pay a commission of 10, 12, maybe even 15% below where it goes. Of course, the higher percentage they want to have. And that may end up in $2,000 or $5,000. Where in the future, you maybe place an order of $500,000 and you go down to 6%. That's still $30,000 for a reorder. And let me tell you what, the reorder of the same product takes you a couple of hours. It doesn't even take you days. It doesn't take you weeks. It doesn't take you anything. And I would not be happy if a sourcing company would then charge me 6% for my $500,000 order if it only takes a couple of hours. So what we're doing is we're charging literally by the hour. And we do this very, very transparent. We show, of course, all the contact de details of all the suppliers. So you can take over anytime you want. But if a sourcing company does a good job, you will, of course, continue doing the work with them for mass production, quality control, arranging for logistics, arranging for import preparation, and so on and so on. Um, finding new product ideas by going to the suppliers and say, hey, what else do we have to offer? Um, and you're bringing you the next ideas of what can be the next product for you to sell that could be your potential next multi-million dollar um, product or doing some research on the market with our tools to say, all right, this niche has sold so many sales per month. This is about whatever, $500,000 per month possible on Amazon Germany um, and give you some hints of what are the uh, next steps you can do. Plus, again, percentage of the offer, in my opinion, or in the order volume will push a sourcing company or will the sourcing company will of course push you to place a little bit of a higher order because then you get more percentage you get more money out of it i'm very happy if you place an order for 500 dollars the same way as you place an order for fifty thousand dollars so we should not be influenced by that i, I can continue i think for hours but uh, i don't i don't want to overstretch your 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 podcast episode here <laughs> no that sounds very good and it sounds very transparent and very fair Before we leave, Sebastian, what would be a golden nugget to someone who looks into the topic of manufacturing abroad? One of the very first ones is um, make sure you get enough proposals. Don't stick with two, three, three, four proposals from your potential suppliers because then you do not have a market overview. You may have a high price, high price, low price, high price. And you go to the ones with a high price and say, oh, I have an offer you know, of a lower price. Can you come towards me? And they will. the only thing they will say is like, well, you know what? That cheap offer, that's low quality, blah, blah, blah. If you have an offer or you have 15 offers, you have high prices, but as well, a whole range of low prices, you'll go to the ones with the high prices and they will say, oh, but that's a, that's a low quality product. And you'll say, uh-uh, I have seven, eight or nine other low priced ones. You know what? They're not all low quality. I've seen them. I've checked the samples. I want your quality, but we need better prices. I think this is the very, very first key target. And the second one, if you're already a successful seller, start thinking as well. There's, there's a good saying that says uh, so the real money is made in purchasing, not in sales. I usually say it's not only made in sales because of course you can make a lot of money if you learned your marketing and your sales. But the important point is if you have a successful or already successfully selling product, consider finding additional suppliers. Why? First of all, they can um, extend the capacity of your production if you're hitting like the limits of the first one. But the second one, German customer is selling in the US. He's selling a beauty product. I'm not going into details. Of course, we would always keep the secret, uh, keep the products secret. And uh, oh, we would also never source one product that we source for you for another customer who is your direct competitor in the same market. So we don't want any internal conflicts among our customers as much as we can avoid it. Now, he's selling a product in a beauty tools, beauty niche whatsoever. 
and said, hey, you know what? We actually need um, another supplier because our first one is hitting its capacity limits, which already gives you a hint. That's that's a lot of units. So we looked for this, plus he sells in the US. So he said, let's not find it in China because of Trump tariffs, because of the import penalty taxes. So we found one, I think it was in Vietnam. Um, and we looked into the product. He saves 25% of penalty tax. He's at the high limit of those. And at the same time, we saved him $1 on the product. Last year, he sold 300,000 pieces. <laughs> this year, he is targeting for probably 500,000 pieces. And even if it's 10,000 pieces or 20 or 50,000 pieces that you're selling, we're putting in a few hours of effort and we're finding you for 50,000 pieces, $1 cheaper. That's $50,000. And in his case, $500,000 saved per year by spending a few hours finding a new supplier. When mm -hmm. it comes to specifically those, those projects, when it's really into saving money, we also go with a very, very open, very transparent way to say, look, we're spending the hours doing this. And then we're taken, we'll negotiate, of course, with you a percentage of 10, 20, 30% or so of the savings so that you still immediately from the first order may have 70% or 90%, whatever it is, of savings from the next order onwards. So do not underestimate the power of renegotiating or finding new suppliers for your existing top sellers. No, I think we got a very good overview of all the advantages and benefits that outsourcing to a professional gives you as, as an e-commerce merchant. Where can people find out more about you? You may get in contact directly with us, of course, and or um, if you want to, we can connect, let's say, over LinkedIn. You'll find Sebastian, the connector. Hertz is currently my name because people said, Sebastian, put it in their connector. I want to help businesses as well mm -hmm. after sourcing the products to make sure you get good product images. You get somebody who does the PPC for you. You get somebody who does the logistics for you. You know, all the things that you need in order to grow your business, what I've learned over the last eight years. But at the same time, you can also just go to Zignify.net, beginning a Z in the end, the Y. I think up there you would see it there, Zignify.net. And from there, you can just book a time slot and we'll have a call with you and see about your well, sourcing situation, how we can help you. Facebook, uh, also mm -hmm. Sebastian, the connector hurts. You will see I'm in several of the Amazon e-commerce groups, LinkedIn as well, or just Google's Zignify Global Product Sourcing. I think you'll find us in a few spots. Excellent. I will put the links in the show notes that everyone can click through and be directly on your channels. Sebastian, thanks, thanks so much for your time. That was really insightful. I think outsourcing and sourcing products is a very important topic for every e-commerce merchant. And um, again, thanks for your time and talk soon. Thank you very much for having me. Hey, Klaus here. Before you leave, I have a question for you. Are you a Shopify store owner feeling overwhelmed and stuck? I'm here to help you. You sometimes need a fresh set of eyes to identify areas in your business where you're too close to them and create clarity so that you can maximize growth and profit. Simply email me at klaus at klauslauter.com and tell me a little bit about what's going on in your business or head over to my website at klauslauter.com for more details on how I can help you. And finally, please do not forget to subscribe, like, and comment. I would be grateful if you also can leave a quick, honest rating and review on Apple Podcast as it is a huge help and allows me to reach more people with this podcast and this YouTube channel. Thanks in advance and until next time at the e-commerce coffee break.